Wolverine. Wolverine. New X-Books. You know what that means. It's time for another installment of the Examination Podcast. My name's Quentin Emler. And guys, when I looked for co-hosts of this podcast, first I went to the Avengers. But I looked around the room and I saw a collection of has-beens and then thought to myself, not good enough. After that, I went to the Defenders, and the Champions, even the Thunderbolts. And in each one, I saw no one of quality. So I came to you. And no, I'm not talking about the Humongonauts. I'm talking about Dane Rainier. Boom, baby. And Kelsey Struts. Wait, are we bait? <laughs> I don't know. We're no Humongonauts. I, I don't know. I'm busy having a conversation with my twin brother, clone person. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got a great show planned for you guys this week, uh, which includes recaps of both Giant Size Phantom X and Empire X-Men number two. But first, let's hook up to Cerebro and talk some news, boys. First off, uh, right after recording last week's episode, news broke that Michael Jackson, you know, we talked about Olivia Munn, her starring role in Psylocke. I don't know if she sought that out or they sought her out, but Michael Jackson sought the role of Professor X. What are you guys' takes on that? Professor I, X. I, it feels right. That feels like just what? Michael Jackson move. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. It okay, feels, it feels right, right that he would reality. Yeah, reality. Yeah, like, like, like that he sat there. And her, like, you know, someone came by and said, hey, they're doing an X movie. And he probably sat there and went, I'd be a great Professor X. I wouldn't even have to I, act. I, I'm a shepherd of lost boys. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson, may he rest in peace, was a fan of, like, the X-Men comic. I would believe it if he was seeking out Professor X, was familiar. Dane, what's your take? Okay, I was first very confused because he was like, yeah, that makes sense. I would check out, like, screw Patrick Stewart. We need Michael Jackson. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I can't imagine there was much credibility lent to that as a possible outcome, right? Oh, the words out of some person's mouth, I guess, one of the producers was, you realize it's an old white guy, right? And I mean, at that Michael point, Jackson's though, Michael Jackson kind of was white. But Michael Jackson's response was, I can wear makeup. Well, I mean, he was wrong. committed. He was like, I don't care. No. Shave my head, put me in a chair. I got this. Kelsey, his response was, I can wear makeup. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, that, that was a fun news story. I'm not saying if I only get one X-Men movie, that's what I'd want. But I would watch an X-Men movie <laughs> where Professor X with Michael Jackson. I don't want that yeah, to be I mean, the only but- one. Let's be honest. I mean, you're so starved for superhero movies at that point. If they released it as Michael Jackson's Professor X, you would have at least gone to see it. I want a solo origin story. Back then, I would have seen anything with the superhero X-Men in it. But I'll I'll say this. Like, nowadays, I would watch that one over, like, another X-Men Apocalypse movie. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. (laughs) So, uh, moving right along. Uh, I, I just, here's a little fun anecdote. I always look up Marvel and X-Men and a few other topics. And when you look up Marvel for news, um, I was like looking down and one of the most commonly asked questions on Google is who is an Avenger or, or is Superman an Avenger? And the response somebody wrote up is Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Shaq are not <laughs> Avengers. They're owned by DC comics. So I, 
Is Shaq going to be in the Justice League? Is this breaking news? Did we uncover something here? I mean, Shaq can pretty much do anything. It's true. It's true. Wait, in fairness, just... wait. He was Steel, wasn't he? Yeah. In the DC universe, he was Steel. Okay. I mean, but, but I'm not saying starring... I'm saying Steel is Shaq. Like, maybe the actor that plays Steel plays Shaq. Because, like, Shaq is part of the DC universe, not Steel. That's true. That's Shaq. True. Do you guys remember, this is a bit of an offshoot. This is Shaq-related, though. Therefore, it's Justice League-related. Anyways, do you guys remember the show where Shaq just went around to other people, like other athletes, and challenged them at their sport? Yeah, yeah, but he got, like, a huge advantage before starting because obviously it wasn't his sport but yeah i know what you're talking about but but I, like like there's one he goes like ben roethlisberger he's gonna like do a quarterback challenge against ben roethlisberger and then they're sitting next to each other and shaq turns and goes what are you gonna do to prepare and ben roethlisberger's playing video games looks and goes uh, nothing i don't know <laughs> i like that you've you've shoehorned this in as a comic book news via dc via shaq yeah you're welcome so moving right along here, um, somebody else who's not necessarily associated with Marvel that we know of, Alison Brie, uh, you might have seen her in lots of hit movies, also Community, but Alison Brie is in talks, it seems, like there's a rumor going around, I don't know if it has any credibility, uh, Dane found this news story. Uh, oh, wow, throwing me under the bus. Uh, I- I'm just saying it hasn't passed the Quentin fact checker, the credibility we're used to, but Allison Brie is She-Hulk. What's your guys' take there? Is that something you'd be interested in? Sure. I, I don't. I don't really know her from her other roles. I didn't really watch Community or anything like that, so I, I'm aware of the name. You need what to about check out Well, well, uh, do you say the the chick from Glow? From Glow is what you need to check oh, out. The chick from, oh, Glow. Oh, the wrestling ladies of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I I'm aware of her name. And really, as far as Marvel is concerned and their casting choices, I've come to the realization that I'll let them cast whoever they want because I have not been disappointed in a single casting, really. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I, mean, um, I remember when they announced Chris Evans and it was like the guy from Fantastic Four. And yeah. now he's my favorite of the core actors. Like, He, na- he nailed Captain America. It's getting hard That's America's to- ass. Now to find an actor who doesn't have ties to Marvel. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like more people do than don't. Well, there was an SNL where they, uh, Chris Pratt was hosting and they did that spoof of, you know, one of them was five people we found at the bus station in Marvel's, you know. Right. Yeah. Remember the old uh, thing you used to do with Kevin Bacon and it was like six degrees of Kevin Bacon and now like. With Marvel, that's completely – it's over now. Yeah, it's like one you, degree. You can make a connection to Kevin Bacon so fast now. Allison well, yeah, Brie, because he was in an X-Men movie. He's in first yeah. class. Allison Brie is such an interesting choice because I think she would be great, but it's also it – just as, as an actress goes, and she's obviously shown a level of physicality, I think, in Glow, but – She's a small, I mean, she's a small person. She's only 5'3". And I, I mean, I guess, you know, Hollywood is, is obviously really good at their camera tricks and CGI and everything. Because, you know, I get it. Mark Ruffalo isn't 12 feet tall when he's the But is She-Hulk always big like that? 
Yeah, She-Hulk doesn't go back and forth. She, yeah, she doesn't transform back and forth. She's always like seven feet tall and pretty jacked. Right. She's so not it would be jacked, but she's she's buff. But it would be similar to the way they did, like the most recent Hulk, Ruffalo's Hulk, Smart Hulk, yeah, Joe Fixit Hulk, Joe Fixit Hulk. Yeah. So I I agree. I don't really see. So in in the comics today. She-Hulk is essentially the Hulk. Like they literally call her the Hulk. Like, yes, right. and she talks like him too. But I, I have, I'm just not familiar enough with the character. I think Allison Breeze is silly. Kind of, I love. I feel like you're wasting that talent if you don't let her be funny. The same way that if Paul Rudd was Captain America, it wouldn't be nearly as good as he is in Ant Man. So like, I, I'm interested in that. I don't know that maybe Jennifer Walters is a funny character, but. I always thought she was like a detective-y legal kind She's of a lawyer. person. She's a lawyer. Yeah. She's so legal I, counsel, sir. Yeah, I, I'm She's aware. But detective. Point, point being, I think you have like some serious issues usually if you're doing that, but I, I don't know. Well, yeah, but I again, I agree with you in that I don't know enough about the She-Hulk character uh, to, to really gauge a personality on her. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you can you can have comedy with legal roles. I mean, that's that's. So I, I've never that. watched. I've never watched Mad Men. How is she in that, or what kind of a character does she play? I don't even remember her from Mad Men, and I, I've seen so, Mad Men. She's in the early seasons. She's the boyfriend of the guy. She's um, the boyfriend. Oh, sorry, the girlfriend of the guy that uh, sleeps with the the girl. This is the worst. <laughs> this sounds uh, like a but anyways, she she plays somebody's wife. She's the um, wife of the guy who's in L.A. Noir. Yeah. Oh no, that's right? not true. No. no, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the main the main of the interns. The main guy of the interns. I don't know. Well, yeah, and the, main, the main guy of the interns. Is that not Funny. is that not L.A. No, Noir? You're not you're not right. But like he, oh. there is a guy from Mad Men that was in L.A. Noir. But it's quality, not. This is quality listening. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and move it on. Allison Marie, awesome actress. I love her personality. I love how fun she is. I would probably watch her in almost anything. So if, if Michael Jackson could be a Professor X, why can't Allison Marie <laughs> be a we, we meet there? That's a middle ground I'll compromise on. <laughs> so keeping it on the Marvel movie news, uh, Mulan is coming to Disney Plus. So it'll be twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, keep it forever you, you do forever yes but oh. the, the question that people like first off how long am i gonna wait for it to come out on its own so like when they say it's forever it's like di- as long as you have disney plus i should say yeah but is this something that you want to see from your marvel movies or is this a model that you're not interested in 30 dollars social distancing i think if you've got a family there's an argument that you'd spend that much at a theater yes but um, if your kids were a few years older and wanted to go see movies, is thirty dollars something you're willing to pay for at home? Um, okay. The question you're asking is if my kids were older and I could take them to the theater without rage-inducing fits, would I? <laughs> well, I, do I mean, that? even during COVID, while theaters are closed, like let's say your kids are interested in watching Mulan and would have the wherewithal and the stamina to watch and enjoy movies one i know they'd be interested in watching mulan two yeah probably because yes financially speaking when i'm done with buying tickets and snacks at a movie theater 
or even doing the disreputable thing of sneaking Taco Bell into the movie theater. I've spent at least $30 plus gas money to get there. I mean, you had once asked Dan and I if, you know, is this movie willing to get you to theaters? And a lot aren't because of where we are life-wise. But if Disney Plus does this, it is there is a much better chance that I will purchase a Disney or Marvel movie rather, you know, right when it comes out. You know, I will I am more likely to get Black Widow now than if it was being exclusively in theaters. Dane, I, I imagine you'd have a very similar answer, but would it do it for you if it was New Mutants that they were doing this with? 100%. If it were New Mutants, I would probably spend 30 bucks to watch that movie. When it came yes. Out. Like, like yeah. day one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I would. Um, it's something that I'm interested enough to do that in. It's something that I would like to be able to keep up with on a you know a day-to-day basis and be able to talk with you guys about stuff like that and stay in that loop. What I'll be most interested to see about is if this kind of idea sticks around longer than COVID, though. You know what I mean? Because $30 seems like a lot. But in reality, imagine if, you know, it's a situation where you and three friends can watch a movie and then keep it forever. 30 bucks is probably less than the ticket price, let alone snacks and everything and i get you don't get the experience and and the digital copy later on right that you don't get out of the house and get that experience but that's less than you'd be paying in tickets for four people here's the thing you have again and again as long as you're just like subscribed to disney plus right but think about this too they have completely at this point they will have cut out the middleman the theater which doesn't make a ton of money off of ticket sales anyway they're completely nixed. That's thirty bucks straight to Marvel and Disney, straight to them. Yeah, I, I've heard not- that theaters are gonna come out of this somewhere between like what theaters used to be and a theme park, where tickets are gonna be fifty bucks, like something crazy like that, and you'll have like meals and everything included, and it's gonna be like way bigger. But when you go, like you don't get to cut, cut it and make it cheaper. I mean, I think they, they almost have to find a new model after this because of how people have adapted and people have just seen a different way to do it. And I'm pretty sure AMC and Universal cut a 15-day deal where after 15 days of exclusiveness, they go online. Yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be shorter windows of time, I think. So the idea would be to drive interest into that short period, say, oh, you've got it 15 days, you can go see it on a big screen. So you might be able to create a rush of people going to see it because there are still movies that on the big screen, they are something else. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. I think there's yeah, still a market uh, for that. Uh, Jurassic Park, you know, a lot of those movies are still big popcorn. You go to the theater and you watch that movie on the big screen, it is different than seeing it at home. Period. Well, I mean, when you watch most Marvel movies, you're not going to be like emotionally moved. Now, I think Endgame was an exception to that, but like, I, I think there is something about the popcorn culture that makes that better. Oh yeah, I still, I again, watching the first Avengers movie, even watching it now, it still reminds me of when I was in the theater yeah. to see it. Yeah. 
like that feeling, that like almost goose bump kind of thing when they're all assembled and they start like just going around in a circle. Yeah, the spin, the spin down is exactly what yeah, I was thinking. You're just like, oh my god, yes! Because that's exactly the moment where I'm just like, you guys believe shaking, you're shaking. You guys believe that was almost a decade ago? Oh, I can't. I'm an old man. You know what else was a decade ago? The beginning parts of Giant Size Phantom X. Oh, well, that was decade Many after decade. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had to try and work something <laughs> in there, all right? You went for the transition. I can Some of us don't it. have decades to play in these things. <laughs> all right. Um, well, let's go ahead and jump into uh, kind of the premiere issue this week. Giant Size Phantom X. Dane, what happened this week in Giant Size Fan Max? Hey, hey, hold on. Dane, do you want me, do you want me to take this one? I know Get out of town and you. step away. Okay. Step out. Dane, to be fair, I thought you'd want to John Madden this and not do the play-by-play. But if Ooh. you do, you, you. Kelsey and Ooh. I can provide the color if you want. Phantom X. You saw Phantom X go here and boom. See? Thank you for giving us a tough act and ten act in reference there. All right. Giant Size Phantom X number one. We open on the ruthless experiments conducted by AIM scientists on babies and the birth of Phantom X. The comic follows Phantom X through multiple decades as once every 10 years he enters the world to check on a young man that grows older and older each visit, every time telling Phantom X he's not yet ready to leave. Every time he goes, Phantom X convinces or hires a group to serve as a distraction to the murderous denizens of the world including Nick Fury and company, and the Hellfire Club. In his last trip, he takes Wolverine and Cyclops with him, finding the final robotic visage of the man he continues to visit. Finally, things are connected to our current story as the X-Men, specifically Storm, need entry to the world and require Phantom X as a guide. All right. Um, this issue was... Pretty fun as part of the giant size series. Uh, Kelsey, where would you stack this one up with the Magneto, Nightcrawler, and Storm one-offs we've had so far? Uh, you know what? Not a big Phantom X fan, but this is the best giant size. Boom! I, I am in agreement. I think we're yeah. all going to be pretty universal. I, 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 thought the, I thought the story was far more interesting. I thought the art style reflected it well. It gave it a, a kind of an adventure vibe. Um, like Raiders also of the Lost Ark. case of the Marvel Universe as a whole. But it's like, yeah. like a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing. You know, the, the whole premise. I, I liked it the world at one point where he just pulls it out of his pocket and throws it down. Yeah. He's like, yep, yeah, okay, we got to go in here now. Bleep. You know, and then, and I don't know enough about Phantomix, like the AIM scientists and stuff. I, I, you know, it was confusing to me a little bit because they were talking about that they're very old, but is it that they're old or because time works so weird in the world, you know, and obviously it looks like none of the scientists are around anymore inside of the world. I, I don't know, but it was still kind of a fun it, Kind it of the Jurassic me, Park "Life Finds a Way" vibe to it. It made me want to see more. It may, it may want to read more of it. Like, like what else is going on? Yeah, I think you know it's funny that we had book one, which was the giant size Jean Grey and the Frost, and we had two that kind of had nothing to do with it. And this one, like, bookended it. It felt like this one mattered 
even though Phantom X is the least associated with the characters from the first one. So um, I think overall, if you're going long-term narrative, this one succeeds. I think if you go with interesting character and fun art, this one kind of takes the cake in my opinion. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I know I'm coming in with the bias of loving Phantom X, but I think that also in some ways sets up a situation where I have really high expectations and could have been disappointed. But the story of this one is so fun and self-contained, but also as a but also connecting to a past issue, presenting a leaping off point for future stories. Because we have been really critical of Hickman and specifically the X-Men book of, you know, kind of creating these threads that it may never follow up on. And it's nice to see one actually follow up on that. It was really cool to kind of see some homages to Marvel through the ages, you know, original Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan. Like that was really cool. And I, as I was reading it, I just got more and more excited because I actually wanted, wanted to know what Kelsey thought of it legitimately, because not knowing much about this coming into somebody like what vibe, you know, you get from it and, just what it feels like. So I'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed it. I think we both really liked it. And I got to say that Kelsey's analysis of it feeling like Indiana Jones was really, really accurate. And I agree. I had a great Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe, but this wasn't the only book we had this week. We also had Empire X-Men number two. Kelsey, what happened in Empire X-Men number two? Empire X-Men number two, uh, comes off of not Empire X-Men number one, right? No, yes, Empire X-Men number one, but not related to X-Men, which also deals with Empire as mm-hmm. well. So this kind of leaves off or sets off where we left off last with Horticulture showing up on Genosha because the Kotati. Am I saying that right? That's close enough. Sure. I, I, sure. I have my own <laughs> people who are fighting zombies and now old ladies. Um, and... The first confrontation with the old ladies, uh, horticulture, I'm just going to call them horticulture from now on, uh, does not start well for the X-Men as they are, the men are completely taken over basically through pheromones. So now they see them as all hot, even though they're not. Uh, well, and, speak for yourself. That's just like your opinion, man. That's true. Speak that for is, yourself. That's fair. That's fair. Fair. Horticulture is there to collect samples from the Katati. Um, they liken them to like a kudzu vine or some type of invasive plant species. So they want to find out more of them. Um, the zombies are still there. Katati are having trouble with both the zombies, the X-Men and horticulture at the same time. So they decide to initiate a self-destruct, but their self-destruct is not like an explosion. It's giant seed like pods. Um, they are unable, the X-Men are get, getting separated and they are unable to get some of the X-Men back who are in the seed pods. Um, magic starts flexing, well, her magic, because she pulls demons in from limbo and eventually has to call on the help of Black Tom Cassidy, who creates a small little avatar on Angel and sort of figure out a way to try and stop the Kotati from spreading and the idea comes from black walnut trees, the fact that they kind of lay out this space that nothing else will grow in. Uh, problem is, for Krakoa to do it, it needs more psychic powers. So, 
They gain control of the Genosha Gate, and basically, as a war captain, Magic orders all psychics to get their butts through the Genosha Gate, and that's kind of where it ends, with just every high-level psychic coming through. Uh, including the Shadow King. I was like, yeah. whoa, I forgot I'll that. Back. Yeah, Every, forgot everybody's that. there, but holy cow, he's a hot take. Shadow <laughs> King, Mr. Sinister's in there. Yeah, Quentin Choir with the yeah. multi-directional arrows of I'm with the losers or whatever. Yep. I'm with stupid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what was your take on this book? Did you like it? Yeah, I do and I don't. I'm kind of, I have mixed feelings on it. Part of me thinks... Some of it's becoming too much, too comical in a way, and maybe that's just a reflection of horticulture because I go back and forth on loving and hating them. Yeah, I'm with you there. And so I think sometimes it's like, wow, this is what a joke! Like, why am I reading this book if all these characters are just going to be warped by four old women? Oh, I'm sorry that these old women can't do good stuff, man. That they can't be tough as nails. <laughs> By the way, magic did get worked just so we're clear. That's true. That's true. But then she's. But then they're immediately like, I'm like, okay, never mind. I love them. Yeah. And to so be I fair, they warped. They warped Angel. I mean, <laughs> well, but I mean, they've done it in previous books too, to Cyclops and Sebastian Shaw and Emma. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have a goo gun. Who could fight that? Right. But, but I mean, it's just part Shocker. of me, It's Shocker just. A, could fight that. It's a thank you. It's a little more comical, I think, than I would like because it's kind of downplaying the X Men in what is otherwise the big epic summer story of Marvel. And it's like, how are we? How did we possibly undersell the fact that every mutant that died on Genosha is a zombie right now? And it's really just kind of being used for a Plants vs Zombies joke. I love that. I, I mean, I'm with you, but if you take a minute to go, this is Empire X-Men. Like, it's not, like, normally this wouldn't even be canon. I feel like they did a good job of, like, using Empire to tell a story that's their own, that's fun, yeah. and maybe it doesn't have any consequences, but I feel like that's good because this isn't a core title. This isn't being advertised as, you have to read it to understand Empire, or you have to read it to understand Ten of Swords. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, you are right. And maybe some of it's just a little bit of jealousy that I get tired of the Avengers always being the core Marvel storyline, because that's not an Avengers storyline. It's always the Marvel one. Because for so many summers, I feel like we got the Marvel storyline, and we got the X-Men storyline. And it was just kind of easy in the greater part of the universe to ignore the X-Men. And that kind of feels like what's going on here. But man, it feels so good whenever it's good. Like, yeah, like when you true. get when you're the dirty child and you still step up bigger <laughs> than the other guy, it's like, hell yeah. yeah. Kelsey, did you have the same same takes? Well, okay. Uh, I actually kind of enjoyed this. Um I've kind of enjoyed the the what's been going on with Empire so far. Uh, as far as what I've read, I read the first Avengers one finally, and I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm interested to see where, where this Katati thing is going, especially with Hulkling coming. But from the X-Men point of view, I like what they're doing with magic. I like her maturity as far as like, you know, now she's, she's really embracing the role as she is a war captain. Like, she ordered every psychic on Genosha to get their butts over there because she's in charge right now during this. And I really like uh, Black Tom Cassidy. I think 
they have done well with Black Tom across all these different books. And I don't want to get my hopes up, but I think they're shaping him into something that could be a really big part of any of the books now. I mean, they, they can do anything with him because with Empire, he can be attached to these plant aliens. But with Krakoa, I mean, you've seen more and more like the, the okay, the gate having his face on it. Uh, did you guys see that? Okay. Yeah. I mean, his ability to put himself out there if there were spores and fungus and, you know, anything from Kakoa, that that ability to, to, to get himself out into the world from that, it, it, it's, it's it's interesting. It's creative. Yeah. yeah. It's a really cool use of his powers. Regardless of the story and how you feel about it, the two things that I take away coming from this are – as much as I go back and forth and whether it's too kitty or funny or whatever, I just, I love magic the whole time, the whole way through. Cause Kelsey's absolutely right. They do a great job of showing her maturity as, as a war captain, the trust placed in her by Krakoa, but also that she's not one of the old school adult X-Men. And in a lot of ways she is still a, a kid, but she gets the job done and they've gone all in on making black Tom Cassidy, not just relevant, but unique and cool and interesting. And I think that's really awesome. And I do hope that blossoms uh, into something moving forward. I I couldn't agree more guys. I think we had another strong week from uh, Marvel. Another thing about the series is I just want to point out that's being written by pretty much all the creative teams and they're taking turns writing parts of it in different issues. I think they've done a good job of highlighting characters from across all the different books as well. Uh, are we done with the giant size books now? So I there's giant size storm. It's the last one. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, which well, that makes tie in with um yeah I that ties in with your uh, Phantom X. That makes sense then, and I kind of like that uh, that it could actually become kind of a cohesive storyline. But then it also sort of makes me sad that like Nightcrawler and Magneto weren't involved. There were like there was no connecting to that through line. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, I I think it, it, the the two books that were weakest were Nightcrawler and Magneto. I didn't. I actually like Magneto's more than uh, the Jean Grey Storm one. But like I j- that was because I just didn't like that book, and I know it's more of a personal. Thing. It just didn't do it for me. The Jean I Grey hate saying it. Emma Frost one. Yeah, I hate saying it, but personally, I think that Nightcrawler one was. The, the bottom yeah. well it's just it's the weakest yeah yeah and i don't think it was awful it, you know it wasn't terrible but it doesn't have a consistent it doesn't have a, a piece it doesn't play a part of, of this puzzle and it didn't so, do a lot for nightcrawler it, it, it was advertised the nightcrawler book right and that's the thing is because i think i read a couple of reviews about each of them afterwards i generally try to and as far as an exploration of who the character is in some ways I don't think you got anything new out of Nightcrawler. I think it's for and that's one of the things I love about what happened this week was that you really did get a piece of Phantom X in his history. And yeah. so I think that's why I, that one, as far as the, the cohesiveness of the, the giant sizes, I think why it comes away is maybe the best. Well, it could definitely be the best. So Kelsey, are you uh, down uh, to lead us into the danger room this week?
because I go where I want to go. I like it. That's so, another danger controller. This is uh, the game where we have 20 questions to answer a Marvel person, place, or thing, or the guess, I should say. This week, I'm taking a break from being the uh, question master, and I'm going to be guessing with Dane. Kelsey, when you're ready, you can let the questioning begin. All right. I'm going to ask you, is this a character? Yes. All right. It is a character. Is this uh, considered oh, mutant or not a mutant? Is it a mutant? Not a mutant. Does this character have close ties to the X-Men? Yes. Is this character considered uh, a good guy? Do you want me to rephrase? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Oh, okay. Prim- primarily not known as a good guy. With the, with the knowledge that that has some subjectivity to it, but from your opinion. Yeah, to elaborate, has been a good guy at times, but very rare. Not not common. Okay, okay. Does this character use or heavily rely on technology? No. De- define technology, I guess. I, I mean, I'm not going to say... Advanced cybernetic... Yeah, I'm not going to say like guns, like, you know, robotics. Negative. Okay. Um, Has this character been featured in any Dawn of X era books? No. Um, Are you guys keeping track of questions? Because I have not. I am, yes. Thank goodness. We're at six questions. Sure. Is this character closely associated with a specific country? Elaborate. I don't know. When you think of the character, would you think of a specific country? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. Um, has this character been a part of a team? Yes. Is this team villainous in nature? Yes. Okay, so we got a villain team. I guess it depends which team. Multiple teams. I'll be they nice. have they have been on a villainous team. Yes. Not featured in any of those. Um. Okay, so I forget. Did we say that this person is heavily associated with the X-Men? They are. You have not asked a question like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I asked if they were, if they were associated with the X-Men. No, you asked if they were associated with a Dawn of X book. I don't recall an X-Men question. No, the, the third question the was... third question was... Oh, yeah. did you? What did I say? You said yes. You said oh, they're associated. Yes, 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 I did. Yep, okay. All right. Um. So... There's a few groups I'm thinking of, like the Reavers were one that came to mind initially, but you said they don't use technology. So, um, I what about Mojo World? Do you think Mojo World would be technology based? Pretty much everybody. Um, 
I well, I don't know. Let's see. But Mo, he kind of equivocates on hero and villain, right? And I don't think Mojo. Well, Spir- ever- Spiral is something that came to mind that I don't think it's technically a mutant. Mm, okay, okay. Has been a good guy sometimes. Was kind of where my mind is going. Um, I'd, I'd be fine if you want to ask if they're associated with Mojoverse. Um, it's real specific. Well, how, how about this? Are they a female? No. Okay. I don't know why we didn't go there immediately after character. But that's I don't know either. <laughs> I added mutant or not a mutant. I feel like that narrows it pretty good. If if we get mutant, that limits the list pretty fast. That's true. Uh, so yeah, you are right. Cause Spiral was a human. Uh, okay. Well, what about um, human or not? We haven't had that one yet. Like yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go there. Is this a human? Yes. So, so now that rules out any Shi'ar kind of villainy kind of things. Um, so Donald Pierce, I don't know that he's ever been a good guy, but he's also technology-based. Um, to my immediate thoughts on human, I can't, like, they've never been a good guy. So that's what kind of makes me think maybe not. I think of Pierce, I think of Trask, I think of Cameron Hodge. Well, we got 11 questions as far as my count goes. We probably have maybe one more. We've used 11. Yeah. So, um, if I'm thinking of people who have been anti-heroes, well, I mean, Phantom X is, but he's always, almost always a good guy. I mean, he's not a good guy, good guy, but he has also been featured in a Dawn of X comic. That's, oh, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I also think maybe it's one of those things where um, we're heavily implying that they're associated with the X-Men. Like, are they primarily associated with the X-Men? Or, like, are they associated with the X-Men? Let me ask this. Would you associate them closely with the Sentinel program? No. Okay. Can I ask, is there, are they in an, a primarily an antagonist of an X Men character. Yes. Okay. So they're not. It's not like Venom, who's like somewhat associated with Wolverine or something like that. So it's somebody who's primarily an antagonist. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, we got was, we got six more. I think we got seven. Oh, okay, six more in a guess. That's true. All right. So who? Let's think about teams. Oh. Oh, wait, hold on, let me think here. What about, they, like, tra- not Trask, but, like, um, mute, like Weapon X? So, maybe, I mean, has Weapon X ever really been good guys? Uh, for a certain perspective. <laughs> what, about, what about somebody, what about Hellfire Club? Well, I think they're mainly all mutants, except for Pierce, who's a robot. It's a robot. Like I I'm just thinking. Also, a lot of them have been featured in Dawn of X. That's true. Who? What other? What other good villain teams are there, though? You know what I mean? Can, can why don't you ask the Weapon X one? If they're associated with that, yeah, isn't it your turn? Okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelsey, are they associated with the Weapon X project? Um, oh, he's debating. Not in the Marvel Universe proper. 
I'll give you a hint. Yes, oh. in Ultimate Universe. Okay. All right, so that was that was a pretty big hint. I That's feel an like. enormous hint. So there, a person that is Deadpool comes to mind, where he's not really a mutant. It, does this person have a healing factor? I actually have to look this up. No. Well, you tried. <laughs> Went real, real deep with that you one. Like five left, four left, and a guess. Uh, four and a guess, I think. Okay. So, Nick Fury was part of Weapon X, but I, I would strongly associate him with being a good guy, though. Yeah, I would too. More four. so, certainly more so than being a bad guy. Um. You could ask if this person's ever been an Avenger. Okay, so let's... I'm just trying to think, though. Who would be... What? Who are the bad... Who are the Weapon X people from the from Ultimate Universe? Like, John Wraith? Yeah, Wraith is who I was thinking of, or um, what's the one from uh, X2? Striker. Right. But, but he in... made a comment about the MCU... Kelsey, just a clarifying no, question. No, I did not make a comment about the MCU. I said Marvel Universe proper, like co- comic book wise. Okay, he's associated with Weapon X in a non in the Ultimate Universe, but not the proper. Correct. Not the six one six. Well, there's not a lot of people who are in because I I have a pretty expansive knowledge. And I don't think there's a lot of Weapon X people. So when I think back to that storyline, which you read pretty recently, Nick Fury comes to mind. Um, Blob, Rogue were there before he got there, but those are mutants. All mutants. Uh, it's well, super, uh, do you think we're looking at John Wraith here? Well, you could ask if they have scars but on their face. Is their last name associated with a specter or ghost? That's a legit question. No. no. Okay. It's not, not John Wraith is what I'm going to write down for that one. Yeah, he, he had to check if, if there was a <laughs> <Latin> <laughs> Just to be sure there was no translation where it got weird. Um, you know, I, I'm honestly, I think he's got us. I don't Dude, I this is, especially considering he told us. I mean, that's a huge, huge hint, I feel like, that he gave us. Yeah, I mean, Nick Fury would be my shot in the dark, but I, I think he's a good guy. I, I would generally think. consider him a good guy. I, I have a specific oh. country. Not a girl, so it can't be Deathstrike. I was thinking she's not a mutant. Oh my gosh, this is... Are we going to get duped by Kelsey? I think so. Kelsey, you can choose to make this a question or not, but is it associated with this week's comics in any way? It has a relationship with this week's comics, yes. That's fair. How many questions you got left? That That was number 17. Okay, I will further it. Relationship with a specific character. You know, I... So, related to a specific character in Mm -hmm. this week's comics. Oh, wait. Are we dumbasses? What? I mean, we're on 17, so I hope we are. Does this person have a uh, relationship with a dark um, entity? Does he draw power from a, uh, a dark entity? Can you be more specific? Does this person uh, wear a red circle dome on their head? Yes, they do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Is wear this a person a juggernaut? 
Red Dome You're welcome for that last hint. <laughs> He's a human. Thank you, Quinn. Yeah, That's not like, a not a good guy, but sometimes you he are. Has okay. on, he has been on Excalibur. Let's see. He he doesn't rely on tech in the sense that a magical crystal isn't tech. Yeah, uh, he's closely associated with the country of Korea, where the te- where the crystal is from. That actually screwed me up pretty bad because I didn't associate him with the country at all. Yeah, I, 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 I see what you're doing because he's uh, archaeologist who goes and gets it in Korea. Yeah. Well, right. I, I think that's fair. It could be my ignorance. Later, he goes back there later to re-get it or something like that. Or villainous team, non-female human. Right. Yeah, all the evil mutants. It, God, that's like you went like baseline and almost duped us here. I would have had I not given you that last hint. I think. My God, I don't know. Was, There's no telling. I probably would have got it. Yeah, no, I mean, who I knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? We probably would have come out on top. By the way, he's, and he's only been mentioned. In the comics, Black Tom Cassidy's only threatened to bring him onto the island to, to screw everyone over. <laughs> I like that Quentin's question was, does he draw his power from a dark entity? And Kelsey said, could you be more specific? And your clarification was, does he wear a red dome on his head? Well, I didn't want to bring up Katorak. I thought it um, was too. And he's in, he's in Weapon X in the Ultimate Universe. He shows up for like two or three panels. I think that's right. Yeah, I can't he's really argue. Through the house. They unleashed the juggernaut at one point. Now, guys, as much as you make fun of me, no no technology, no internet use to acquire my clues. All knowledge. Uh, to be fair, I would have hoped you guys wouldn't need that, as he's a pretty standard character. That's a pretty prominent one, yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's pretty well standard, known. but I always tie in the book somehow, and he was pretty not... I mean, Black Tom Cassidy. Tom Cassidy. It's his... That, that, really, no, that's super fair. That's his only partnership. <laughs> You dropped man thing on us a couple weeks ago. Get out of here. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> you dropped man thing. Okay, well, that's that's fine. Do what yeah. you got to do. Well, this has been a, speaking of quality, this has been a quality episode. Hey, guys, to be fair, I completely forgot I was uh, running Danger Room this week, and I just, like, right before we started, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going with, Juggernaut. They'll get in five guesses. We did not. Down to the, the wire. Uh, All right, that's all we got for this week. See you next time. Later. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Examination Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, write us a five-star Omega-level review that would make us mutant and proud. We would really appreciate it. Me and the guys love Talking Nerd, and we want you to be a part of the conversation as well. If you have any topics you want to discuss, questions to ask, or suggestions for the Marvel 20 Questions Danger Room segment, you can always get connected with us. Email us at q.examination at gmail.com. Remember, examination is E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also follow us on our Twitter handle, at examination, spelled the same way. Or visit our website, examination.blogspot.com. Thanks again for listening. We love having you be a part of our community, and we can't wait to hear from you. See you next week.